everybody, welcome to Pull Up A Copper. I'm June and I'm here today with Giacomo. Hello there, darling. Hi. How's it going? That looks sunny where you are. Um, probably. Um, I've, I've got my blinds closed and I've not looked out a window, so it, uh, who knows? Maybe there's just a very bright light out. Actually, I mean, there is a very bright light outside. So let's... Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it, probably sunny. There's a bright light outside that's making the outside light up. Yes, yes. I, wa I wonder if we can establish what this could be. <laughs> it's a bit early for it to be the lamp, the, the lamp posts, you know, the lamp, lamp posts with lights mm. on. Mm. That's um. a lamp. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Okay. This it's is sunny, off the good stuff. Blinking windy. Yeah, no, I can definitely hear the wind. Definitely hear the wind. It's... Oh, I went out before to Tesco's um, mm. walking and it was just, you like, it's beautiful. The wind's not cold or anything, but there's some force behind it. Mm. Really, really is. So I got in, put the kettle on and went, got my coffee, here I come. Yeah, I've got, I've, I've got um, a Doctor Who mug. Aww. Daleks on one side and Weeping Angels on the other. That's very nice. I was, I was very fond of the Weeping Angels and until that episode where they ruined the Weeping Angels forever. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and, and this seems to be a bit of a contentious topic because uh, I've talked to a lot of people about this and some of them agree with me and some of them don't see the issue. But do you, do, you, do you remember the uh, episode? It was a two-parter. And the first part, they're going through... There's a crashed ship, which has crashed into like, some catacombs. And they're going through it. And there's a bunch of just statues everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of creepy vibes. And, and then there's that beautiful point where they're like, wait, we've established that the people who built this all had two heads. Why do the statues all have one head? And that was a beautiful moment of like, oh, sh like glorious i love that moment and mm -hmm. then the second part they they do the unthinkable and show the angels moving and and it's just uh, ever since then i've just not been able to enjoy it it's like no you've the entire point is that they just come out of nowhere that yeah. they're an inevitable force that you can't do anything about well, that's it. That's what it comes down to. You can't, you're not meant to see the move. The move I, is a split second. And I don't want to see the move. It's, and just ever since, I've just been unable to appreciate them properly because they are terrifying. You know, oh. the episode where they're introduced is one of my all time favorites. And they absolutely scared me senseless. And I haven't been that scared since I was a kid at Doctor Who. <laughs> but it was the fact that the blink is involuntary and it's something that mm. you have to do. And, like, and you can try and hold it as long as you like, but oh. you can't do it. It's and so... um The distance that could travel in that blink. Mm. And... Oh. <laughs> Apparently there was people at the the Doctor Who exhibitions um, were getting up to the bit where the 
the angels were and were literally holding their eyes open to run past. <laughs> just like, I know they're not real, but it's got such a, they've had such an impact on people. Mm. Mind you, making Daleks that can fly. I mean, like, that's, that's cool and all, but it, it doesn't have the same level of, of psychological impacts of like, the angels, they're just so simple. Like, they're not overcomplicated in the slightest. There's just that they've got one thing, and and it's and it works really well. The Daleks, it's like, oh hey, we're we're an intergalactic threat. We can we can we're, or it's very hard to destroy, and and they can kill things really quickly. But but that's not so scary. Like you know, death and a fight we can understand. Against angels, there is no fighting. It's no. just eventually you will blink and you will be caught. It's and it's the fact that it happens so quick and you have got no control over it because of that um, split second. Mm. And that for me was the scary thing. I mean, they looked beautiful until. The eyes were reopened and they were literally in front of you. And then, mm. but they even had it, they even filmed it so it looked like you were blinking, the, the camera physically, like, oh. And you were like, yeah, they were too. Um, uh, my mum's my an English teacher and, and she uses the, that episode, Blink, as, a, as an example of really good storytelling. <laughs> and the bit that I love is that I've, I've watched that episode three times with her, I think, something about the number. And every time she's gone, ah! she's, she's panicked every time the angels have moved. And by this point, she's seen it dozens of times with dozens of classes. And every single time she gets that little jump and goes, ah! and, yeah. and that, it's like none of the other episodes have that impact. It's powerful. It's like I watch, um original Jaws and I know spoiler alert if nobody's ever seen it I apologize here but there's a bit where they're diving under the water and there's the, the hull of the ship and at one point out of a hole in the hull of the ship a head comes out I know it happens I know when it's going to happen <laughs> and I still jump because I always think I'm prepared for that little moment when it happens and I'm not. Mm. No, I'm, I'm absolutely with your mum on that. Those little moments of just being shocked. Like, like the big ever-present fears, it's like you can, you can get used to those. Like, you know, Daleks, oh, they're scary, but they're consistent. The angels, it's just like, everything's fine, everything's fine. Oh God, I accidentally blinked. Oh God, oh God, oh God. I mean, that's it. If you like, suddenly realise your eyes have shut, do you sit there? Do you sit or you stand? God, this is. I'm, I'm trying to work this out in a logical manner. We will work this out. If you don't open the eye, and you don't complete the blink. I uh, know, but it's not the fact that you're blinking that um, that changes anything. It's the so their defensive mechanism is that when things are looking at them, they become. Uh, 
I'm not sure if it's like impossible to break, but very difficult to break. So it's, it doesn't matter that you're blinking. It's just, if, if you can see them, they can't move. So if you just close your eyes, that's, whew, they, that, they that, could be doing that. whatever. They're, they're, so they're, they could be off They've got you. Mm, mm. Oh, that was my logic gone out the gone out the window then. Yeah, no, like the the best the best way to prepare for it is just have a bunch of people. Like more eyes, you know. It feels like a weird concept to schedule your blinking. So but... yeah, you can't all blink at the same time. Mm, mm. That re that's relying on a load of people who are cooperating. Which, I, in the past, I would have been like, it's, it's possible, we can get there. But, you know, the past few months has really demonstrated <laughs> that, that, that people really can't cooperate, even for their own benefit. Yeah. I mean, even if you say, look, there's a possibility that if you close your... If we, say we take this, there's a possibility that if we happen to blink at the same time, we're, we're goners. So we need to schedule this. Sensible, you and me would go, right, I'm going to have to blink now. And you go, okay, okay, you do yours, then I'll do mine. And you would verbalise it, you would communicate. Hmm. Other people would go, okay, and just stand there in a group and not communicate. You go, It'll be fine, because nobody else is going to blink when I blink. And it's this assumption that, every, that people are... It's almost immortal, but nothing's going to hurt them because they feel that way. Hmm. Yeah, no, my, per my sp perspective on that sort of thing is, uh, is a bit skewed. Uh, due, to, due to mental health stuff, there was about a decade where I honestly didn't care either way, you know. I, I, I get hit by a bus, meh, whatever. This is, this is cool. And and recently that changed. And now I've, I'll admit I'm terrified of death. Like I, I'm, I'm panicking about, you know, sometimes I just have a moment of, Oh God, I'm going to die one day, uh, which I assume everyone goes through, but you know, some people have, have, have dealt with it by now and some people haven't started it yet, but death is terrifying. And, and it's such a small thing that we can do here to, to, to lower the risk and people aren't no it's like you just you do a small thing it yeah. this protects you as well as me how are you not <sighs> yeah it's people are putting elderly at risk they're putting people who are shielding elderly relatives people who are in with in her with ill health and also people who, who have these major anxieties about it. Mm. I mean, it's absolutely terrifying. I mean, my son-in-law has to go on Wednesday over to Belgium to work. So straight away, there's like, you try to shield as much as you can. And all of a sudden you're going to have to go working with a load of other people and you don't know how you're going to be able to socially distance. Mm. So it's, it's so hard when you've protected yourself for so long and then not just idiots come along and knock it up. I mean, we all saw, I mean, assuming you've seen the, the stuff on the news and social media about the 
all the drinking yesterday for the first day that people are. Mm. I mean, I, I can understand things like people wanting to go and get their hair cut. Because sometimes mm. that might be one thing that really makes you feel better. Mm. Like, I, I know a, a haircut, whew, I would feel so great. But... It's a little thing, but no, because you need you need to know that it's going to be safe. So wait a couple of weeks and see if there's a spike. And if there isn't, then you can go and do it. Mm. But if you can manage without a haircut... But if you feel you need it and you really have to have it, stick a mask on and go and get it done. But yeah, like, like some things that are necessities for some aren't necessities for others, and mm. and you you've got you've got to make allowances for this. Like, you know, some uh, the the example I I saw was um, you know, someone going out shopping for coloring books, and it's like. To, to most people, not a necessity, but for some people with anxiety and other other stuff along those lines, that could be the difference between having a breakdown and having an okay day. Yeah. And so it's it's all about is this a necessity for you? Can can you deal with it? Yeah. And and so many people don't seem to be like. Just take this seriously so we can get it over with already. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, the amount of crafting, I think, that we've all started doing again. Um, you might just decide, I'm, I'm going to go and get a colouring book or I'm going to go and get some Play-Doh and I'm just going to mess on. And it takes your mind to somewhere where you're not thinking about what else is going on. You're just messing on with that. And even if that just half an hour gives you a break, then that needs to be done. Mm. But yeah, I mean, me and my, we were talking about this, about all the people in the pubs. And I'd seen one pub that had completely um, put the plastic right over their bar, full bar, and you bar a little hatch. And someone had put underneath it, that's a bit OTT, isn't it? And I thought, well, if that's what that bar deems necessary to protect its staff and everybody around then no it's not and you think if you don't like what they're doing in that bar jog on yeah like what's the what what's what's the say the the what what's it that was being said at the beginning like if 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 we took adequate adequate precautions it would look like we were overreacting because nothing would happen and but at the minute, we've got America being quite a good example of they didn't take these precautions, and it's fairly obvious that it's going to heck over there. Well, and they're, like, they're they, they, they've got spikes again. They've got some states that have never even closed down. And, and it's like, okay, okay, how can you not just look at that as 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 a thing and be like, okay, we took precautions they didn't and they've suffered for it how how does the logical leap not go in your head precautions are a good thing mm -hmm. i think that some people if they haven't had a family member or a friend that they know have had the virus or has died from the virus because maybe they just think well if they just get it it's just like a bit of flu they're going to be fine in a few days 
but if they've had been personally affected by it, then will they feel different? We can only hope. Well, I think that's what it's going to have to take. You know, it's it's scary though, as you say, to think there's people out there, you know, doing their best. I mean, we've got a key worker at home and he goes every day. Um, my husband drives him to um, Beeman Hospital and then he gets driven home as well. So that's to minimise him having to go on the metro or to go on the bus. Um, and it's less anxiety of him, but it also means he's trying to avoid even going to a supermarket because he's worried about if he carries anything that he's picked up in the hospital to supermarkets or if he takes anything into the hospital. So we're all trying our best to minimise it for him, which means he spends a lot of his time in his bedroom to try and avoid contact. Mm. I've uh, I've got some friends that work as uh, care workers, like working with uh, people people with special needs. And um, two weeks ago, I think it was one of them tested positive, and and they were they were horrified because like I've been working with these people, and you know I might have accidentally exposed one of something, and. And it's like, um, my heart just goes out to them because it's like, they, they're doing their best to help people. But, but because, you know, just by a random accident of fate. In, in the end, uh, they, and it, was, it was all okay because at work, they've been taking precautions and, and it hadn't spread further. But, but there was that moment where they were terrified that, you know, because, you know, maybe it was just complete accidental. Maybe someone else didn't take proper, uh, good enough yeah. precautions yeah and and they would have carried that guilt if it had continued on and something had happened yeah and it's yeah. like how how are these how are the people who aren't taking precautions because it's not it's not hard to take these precautions wear a mask like okay it's not the most comfortable thing but it's really not so bad yeah if you think a mask is bad how about you try a respiratory disease? Oh, wait. Oh. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I totally get you on that. And I mean, I think there you go, because this person, even though they weren't displaying symptoms, they had a positive test. But because they were always wearing their PPE, it didn't transmit any further. Does that not tell you? I mean, even, even if, like, small examples like this don't, don't hammer at home, that how the people aren't just going okay. Look at look at Europe, and I'm dubiously including uh, uh, England and in this reaction because England has not handled this well. There has been large flaws at every point, but even so, compared to America, we've done amazing things. But like, how are people not just going okay? Precautions here, no precautions here. It's it's just straight up a, a classic. These people did one thing; these people didn't. Look at the difference yourself and make a conclusion. How are people ignoring a data set that consists of two continents? What does it take to convince some people? People are looking at the data and they're looking at the news and only fil they're filtering through it for the bit they want. 
look at it as a whole, I think. Like, you know, this Great Britain, this common sense we need to be using. <laughs> it's, um, it's uncommon sense, isn't it? Because there isn't a lot of it around. Mm, mm, it could really do with a bit more of it, but you know. <sighs> I, I always said at the beginning, one of the last things I would be thinking of doing when we got the chance to go back out again was go to the pub or go to a restaurant. Um, my first thing when we were allowed to start having little bubbles was I'm going to go and see the kids. I'm going to see some family. Hmm. Um, nowhere in my mind did I go, tell you what, I'm going to take the tent and a sleeping bag and I'm going to camp on Northumberland Street. So I'll be the first one into Primark. And I never thought that I would go and queue up to be one of the first ones in a pub. I, I know that for some people, maybe it's, Maybe some people that might have been the only interaction they had with the outside world was meeting up with other people in similar situations in a pub. And I, I appreciate that. But not all them that were out. To me, it was like the whole world and his dog went out yesterday. It's just. just uh... <sighs> Yeah, do you know what? It says it all. You are just like, it's trying to fathom out the, the unfathomable. And I think between us, we'll just hang in there mm. and watch for like all the rates to drop and everything. And then find out what adjustments we need to make for the next few months to try and get back to some sort of, I don't want to use the word normal because that, that, that implies that everything will go back to the way it was. But just get back to a workable environment again. Where mm. And sort of socialise. It'll never be the same. But mm. I don't think I ever want to go back to the way it was before because it's still a bit risky. But just finding a new way to, to socialise. And if I've got to find a new way, I'll find it. Because I'm ready to socialise. But just find a new way of doing it. Yeah, I mean, I've always been, I've been fairly lucky in that regard through lockdown. Because a lot of my hobbies translate very easily to being done online. Yeah. And, and I can, I, 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 I sympathise with people who it's been harder for, but and and I really appreciate those people who's been like I you know I've got this hobby which I just can't do at the minute and I'm really suffering and it's but I'm doing my best anyway and until it's safe to redo this and I really appreciate those people. This is you know making that sacrifice. But yeah, it's it, the world is going to be a very different place for for a, a while after this. Like a, a lot of people, are like oh, everything will be will be fine in a few months. But I don't, I don't think anyone who actually stopped to think about it thought that was the case. Yeah. Like 
even when this becomes a, a like when the worst of this is blown over, it'll it'll still leave its mark. I'm I'm interested to see what that'll be. Definitely, definitely. And in umpteen years, you'll be telling your grandchildren, "I survived this." <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, it's like, it'll be like, Grandad, did people really go out and stockpile toilet roll and pasta? <laughs> oh my god, I, I can just imagine, you know, having a, a, li a little kitty on my knee and, and, and telling them stories and I'd just be like, really? It's, oh man. It, you couldn't... If this had been done as a as a screenplay or something, this had been written as a film, we would have gone, oh, that's just utter ridiculousness. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like there was um uh there was an event in the World of Warcraft that of a while back where this where there was effectively a pandemic where now I've never played the game and my knowledge of this is very sketchy. But but what happened was that if a player contracted a certain a certain debuff, you know, a, a stasis effect on them, I don't know how much I need to explain that. It's probably fine. Um, if they got too close to another player, they could they would infect them. And and there were papers written on like you know this as a model of pandemic spreading, and and there was a lot of response with oh this is this is completely unreasonable. Because if this was a real world scenario, people would take those precautions. <laughs> and and apparently, apparently we wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I think that I, I think I had too much faith in the human race. Mm. Um, mm. And it's been a little bit of a, a little bit of a shock to think that some people have are quite selfish. Yeah, like I, I've always known that I was fairly picky with the people I considered friends, and I'd only socialize with people who I actively enjoyed spending time with and thought were good people. So, so I never quite realized what depths the outside of that group sunk to. Mm -hmm. um, uh... <sighs> yes, <laughs> there are no words. Well, do you know what, Giacomo? This has been absolutely fab. And I'll tell you what, when when the coffee shops are open <laughs> and we can go for socially distanced coffee, mm. we'll meet up. It sounds lovely. We'll go for socially distanced whatever precautions need to be taken i do you know what I, in order for things to get back to be able to do that i will look at whatever precautions are necessary and i think that's what we need to be doing mm. we'll, we'll plan that we'll plan something for when it's not so windy <laughs> mm -hmm. so you take care giacomo and hopefully i'll be able to catch up with you soon okay Okay. Right, you take care. Bye. Bye.